So I'm having our childhood bed with the house underneath it and the beds on top. They're going to sand it down. I'm going to paint it. It's going to be black like the color of your heart. Beans Den. <laughs> I like it. I actually like that. Um, you should call it the Elephant Graveyard. Oh, I love that. I love the Lion King. I know. I just watched it the other day, actually. Did you know that the guy who sang uh, Simba's kid songs, so like Just Can't Wait to Be King, for example, um, not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He was the voice of Simba, obviously, but he didn't sing as Simba. The guy who did um, is this artist, and he now like writes music, and he... What song did he sing the chorus in? Um, One Call Away by Chingy. Um, so he's wow. still kind of an artist, but he did the song. He, did, he sang Just Can't Wait to Be King, right, in the movie. They offered to pay him $2 million for his role right? And his mother at the time was like, no, give us $100,000 and we'll just take royalties. And he obviously is still, still making so much money off of those royalties today because Lion King is a classic and will forever be a classic. Like he will be making money on just can't wait to be king until the day that he dies. Because like, what do you do? You show your kids the Lion King. They love the Lion King. Right. I'll show my kids the Lion King. They'll love the Lion King. They'll show their kids the Lion King. You know what I mean? So genius mother, obviously you take royalties from Disney is the point. Yeah. If Disney wants to pay you big money, say, no, I'll just take some royalties. I love it. Um, this is for all of the opportunities that all of us will have to work and sing for Disney. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Park Snobs. I believe we're on episode nine. That is including two throwback episodes that we have gifted you guys with in the past couple of weeks. We've been super, super busy. So we are glad to be back uh, to bring you a brand new episode this week. Jordan, how's it going? It is someone's birthday today. It is Sutton's birthday, and she is the cutest, happiest, chunkiest baby in the world, and I'm so blessed to be her mom. I love her so much. The most important word in that sentence, most accurate description of Sutton is chunkiest. She is a chunk. She did take 11 steps the day before her first birthday. So like, do you have this child on HGH? Um, I cannot speak about that on recorded line. <laughs> no, she just, I don't know. She's just motivated. She's kind of stubborn. I feel like she's going to be the the child who we, we are like, Sutton, don't touch that. And she's going to do what I did and she's going to touch it and she's going to break it. And then we're not going to be able to go to parents night at the, the elementary school because, you know, she broke something in the shop that Madison got butt naked in. So <laughs> that tale is for another time. <laughs> Yeah, we have some stories for you guys. Maybe we'll start another podcast. Let's start this episode off with some news. Um, lots 
of news actually out of Disney World. So I have a really exciting piece at the end of this news section that Jordan has no idea that I'm going to do, but I think it's like really cool and gets us ready for any upcoming trips to Disney. If you're planning a trip to Disney, be sure to keep that in mind. But let's start off with the fact that Disney has added this week two more offsite hotels that will be eligible for early morning hours park access through 2024. So if you're not going to stay on Disney property, but you still want to access the parks in those early hours. The Signia by Hilton, the Orlando Bonnet Creek location, and the Waldorf Astoria Orlando are both offering access to early hours at the parks. So great options. Obviously, the Waldorf Astoria is a great option no matter what, but both great options if you are not staying on property, but you still want to access some of those Disney parks perks. Um, also, Genie Plus debuted two new price points this week. So I don't know if you guys know how Disney Plus or how Genie Plus works, but basically you're going to pay for a spot in line depending on the crowd levels at the parks, right? So like at its peak, the most expensive price that Genie Plus has been is $35. So on a super busy day... Yeah, obscene. Super busy day at the park in early April of this year. Genie Plus reached $35 a pop to secure your place in line. And that the cheapest has been $15. And that was the introductory price. And I'm sorry, but that seems high for the for the lowest price. Like that $15 is a lot. Especially if you're in a party of like a family of six, like our family, you know? Gosh, that's really I thought for some reason it was closer to like nine dollars. That's so steep. Fifteen was the introductory price. And then this week they debuted twenty-three and twenty-four dollars. It's been twenty-two dollars before, it's been twenty-five dollars before, but this week for the first time ever. $23 and $24 for Genie Plus. So um I hate this system. We need to get rid of it ASAP. It's terrible. Oh, so this, okay, so I was misunderstanding. So this was the price just to purchase Genie Plus, not to purchase a ride spot on top of it. Wow. Okay. That is so expensive. I know. And is that per person? Yes. Oh my gosh. Disney is out of control. They need to get a grip on things. Out of control. You guys are charging this much money and you're still laying off 7,000 people. Get it together. I'm sorry. Amen. It's obscene. Um, Last, but certainly not least, this new section is going to be a little bit long because I just had to include this. Disney Tourist Blog has rounded up the best weeks to visit Disney World in the rest of 2023 and the early parts of 2024. So I'm going to go over the entire year up to this time next year of the best weeks to go to Disney World. So we're going to start with Late January of 2024, the week of January 28th through February 3rd, they identified as a really, really good time to visit Disney. It's because winter break and Martin Luther King Day have both passed, so it's going to be a little bit low of a tourist season. I love that. They also identified late February, so after Mardi Gras and President's Day. I don't know if you guys know this, but kids in Louisiana get Mardi Gras break in addition to spring break. So lots of the Louisiana families are going to Disney World for that. Um, This late February time is 
any of the the weeks following Mardi Gras and President's Day. That's the day Um, I want. That's when I want to go. Yeah. Well, I thought so too, but wait till we get to the end of this list because it's very compelling. Next, we have early spring, which is March 3rd through the 9th of 2024. This is the week before Orange County's spring break. So no one's taking off school to go hit the parks at this time. It's before pretty much all of the country has entered spring break. So you're not really going to have to be worrying much about those crowds. Um, Next, they've identified post-Easter, which is April 14th through 20th. Uh, the reasoning for this is, again, it's you're not quite to those summer crowds yet. You're f- immediately following a little bit of a long weekend because you've got Good Friday. Um, so sp- it's spring weather mostly and lower prices typically. So not only are you dealing with a little bit lower crowds, but the lower prices as well. And you still get some decent weather before it gets excruciatingly hot and humid out. Um, Then we've got spring and summer shoulder season is what they're referring to it as. So this is like before summer really gets into full swing. This is going to be probably the worst one on this entire list. I don't think you could pay me to go at this time, but May 5th through the 11th of 2024. And they did say that in fact, the entire month before Memorial Day is relatively slow for crowds. Um, This is like the last month of school fully being in session. So I could see that potentially being a really good option. I've just never hit the parks in May. I've never heard of May being a good time. But when you think about it realistically, I guess that does make a bit of sense. Yeah, it actually does. No one's really traveling right before summer hits. So uh, good option there. Um, You're obviously not going to go during summer unless you know, that's like cruel and unusual punishment for some like misdemeanor law breaking. Um, We're going to move on to mid-September. So now the dates that we're touching on will be for 2023 because we haven't reached these months yet. Mid-September, we're looking at the week of 17th through the 23rd. They listed this as an objectively poor pick. Um, And they said that's because typically the day after Labor Day would be the start of the week with the lowest crowds. But because of hurricane season, the weather is just more of a gamble at this point. So if you wait that week, it's typically a little bit safer to say that you can go on your trip without the concern of being interrupted by weather. But if lower crowds are your goal, that that Labor Day, the day after Labor Day for the entire week, great time to go as well. After that, we have post-Columbus Day. So you're looking at October 22nd through 28th. Listen, October used to be like the month. We, in growing up in Plano, Texas, we had fall break. And we, and it was mid-October and we would always go to Disney World and Universal Studios mid-October. And the crowds were like non-existent. It was amazing. We loved it. Unfortunately, corporate America caught on to the fact that October was the month to go to Disney. So now there's like buku conventions the entire month of October. And it's really not what it used to be. So it makes this week a little bit less appealing. The final three picks that I'm going to read to you for the remainder of 2023 are Disney Tourist Blog's top three dates for the entire year. So 
This includes like late January and February, Jordan, by the way. Okay. Okay. The final three picks being the top three coming in at number two, you've got pre-Thanksgiving. This is November 12th through 17th. They said the only downside of this is that you're too early in the holiday season for resort decor. So you're going to miss out on all of like the holiday stuff, which if you're going at that time of the year, you would kind of want to experience. True. Yeah. And all of the specialty events and things like that. So that's the only downside there. But they said the crowds are great during this time. Again, the number one pick, and this is for the, I think they said eighth year in a row or something like this, is post Thanksgiving. So you're looking at November 26th through December 2nd. The number one pick, they said it's tried and true. They have it down to a science. You fly in on Saturday. Your first day in the parks is Sunday. You get to enjoy all of the holiday buzz. And this is really before those holiday crowds pick up. It's the ideal time to go. And I don't think I've ever considered it. No, I would love to go during the holidays, but I've always assumed I'm not going to be able to make it work because it's going to be so annoying to have to deal with those crowds. Well, we have gone during the holidays. Like when we were younger, we went during the holidays a couple times actually. Um, But the weather was crap and there were so, the crowds were terrible. Like we wore ponchos every single day, those yellow Mickey ponchos every single day during that time. So not weather. and, And also I will say that was during Christmas break. So we didn't go during this week. Like we did not go November 26th through December 2nd. We went like Christmas before. Yeah. So, and then number three is pre-Christmas. So December 3rd through December 9th, they say the crowds are starting to increase just slightly. And so are prices. But again, you're really beating those like winter break crowds. So this is the number three pick out of the top three. And all of those are from the week before Thanksgiving to early December. I didn't even think it was possible to go around this time and to enjoy the parks. Oh, yeah. I mean, they claim that the week that they go every single year is that post-Thanksgiving week, which is November 26th through December 2nd. This year, those are the dates. Um And yeah, they, I mean, they say it's perfect because you get the holiday theming, you get all of the specialty events. And at the same time, it's really, I mean, people just traveled for Thanksgiving. They're getting ready to travel for winter break. Why would they travel in between the two? You know? True. It's actually brilliant when you think about it. It is. And the weather is probably perfect. Probably. So we're going back for Christmas and Thanksgiving this year? (laughs) Yes. We are, in fact. Is that the surprise you had for me? You bought me tickets? Breaking news. Your Christmas present. I love it. Um, All right. Let's just jump into the meat and potatoes of this episode. I am so excited about this one because it's a rides episode. And I feel like we haven't done one of these since we started the second season of Park Snobs. I know. I love that you're still calling it the second season. (laughs) Because we lost the first. Oh, no. Just because it's been like three years in between the seasons. It's kind of like, you know, when um, like Netflix picked up uh, Arrested Development after like four years or something. Same exact thing. Same thing. Listen, we were on a COVID break. There was a lot going on. So season two, 
continues with the, the top five rides at Universal Studios. Yay. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So are you just doing this, the Universal side or are you doing all of Universal Studios? I'm going to do just the Universal side. I did not have the... Um, discernment. Discernment. Yeah. To go through both parks and pick a top five, like that feels impossible to me today. So maybe at a later date, we'll challenge ourselves to that one. But today we're just going to hit the universal side, take it nice and easy. Um, and I'm starting off with my number one. Actually, do you want me to start off with a five and go down to one? Yeah. Why would I want you to start off with the best one that gives all that shows all your cards? Okay. Then we're going to start with an honorable mention because I couldn't I couldn't. <laughs> you you came up with this topic and you're already breaking the rules. I told you I didn't have the discernment today. Can you imagine if I had to do both parks? Absolutely not. Continue. What's honorable You'd have mention? Seven honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the honorable mention for the universal side has got to be, and I'm sure this would actually be on most people's top five, but that's why I made it an honorable mention. It's ET. I don't care how old this ride is. I don't care if it was made in 1990 and it's the only ride from that time still at the parks. There is a reason for it. The queue to that ride still is unlike anywhere else. I mean, even the amazing queues in the Wizarding World, nothing compares to the queue at ET. And I'm not quite sure like if it's just the nostalgia that does it for me, but there is something so special about waiting in line to get on that ride. I agree. I will say like I feel like I have that Steven Spielberg video at the beginning memorized by now, which I love. Um and then going through there with Ryder, like when you're a child, there the ride starts the second you walk through those doors and there's so much curiosity. He was like, he was looking behind the trees to try to spot the, the bad guys. Um, and he did not even realize he was waiting in line. That was what we used to get. I feel like from the Imagineers, not trying to say that they're not still doing incredible things, but I really feel like the emphasis was on the child back, you know, in 1990, I can't believe that ride is as old as I am. Um, I know. It's wild, but, but yeah, it's just, I, I kind of feel like those OG rides. Um, oh, I said Imagineers. I'm sorry. This is universal. So the, the designers at universal, I really felt like the attention to detail was always on like, how can we make this, this ride an experience, not only for the adults, but also for the kids. And, you know, it's really nice as a parent to have your child distracted while waiting in a line, but not distracted by technology or, you know, their phone or whatever, genuinely distracted and interested by the, the experience that's happening around them. Um, when we came home from our trip, Writer immediately was like, mom, we need to watch E.T. And every alien, quote unquote, that he's seen since then in any TV show, he's called E.T. So he it just is I can't explain it, but it just is a feeling like E.T. is a feeling. It's an experience. You, maybe it's not the same for people who are writing it for the first time as an adult. But I know for me, it's that nostalgia factor. I love this ride. 
I do too. And I, it doesn't bother me a single bit that now when you go by ET at the very end of the ride and he says your name, he's not saying anything that's like, you can't discern what he's saying. It's like inaudible. Ah, Now discernment is your favorite word all of a sudden. (laughs) I know. Now that it's in my head, I can't get it out. Uh, But you're right. He does. He doesn't make any sense. Like he's like schwappy. Yeah, exactly. And that was supposed to say Morgan. Yeah. And you're just like, he said my name. Well, that <laughs> it doesn't sound like your name at all. I said to writer, you know. I was like, he said your name. And he was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> you can't trick him. <laughs> I love that. We have a smart kid on our hands. We do. Um, okay. So moving on, we have number five. This one might surprise you. It might not. I know we've talked about how great this ride is, but going through all of the rides at Universal, this one really, there were a few that were like kind of neck and neck or similar. And this one stood out above the others. Um, it's the race through New York starring Jimmy Fallon. I think that this one surprises me kind of every time that it makes my list when I go through and reevaluate. It's a 3D motion simulator, but it's one of those that's like you're in an auditorium, like it's the entire audience. So you're not in like a car of five or six. It doesn't feel very intimate. You're in an audience, like a studio audience. And so it doesn't feel incredibly realistic, but something about the humor and the visuals make it so enjoyable that it's hard to pass up. And we love Jimmy Fallon. We're big Jimmy Fallon people. Not so much Kimmel, but we like Jimmy Fallon. Oh, hate Kimmel. So, <laughs> so we're glad this is a Jimmy Fallon ride. Um, and I also love the waiting room here. I think it's so great. Um, I've had some really good experiences on this ride, and I always find myself really excited to go on it. I have literally never ridden this ride. I feel so bad for you. Is that yeah. like, is that by choice? I think the first time I was going to do it, Ryan and I were kind of in this phase of like, I think we had a couple more hours left at the park and we had to wait. Isn't there, don't you get like a time when you can go in, you get like a ticket and a time. And to us, we were like, we don't have a lot of time left. We don't even know if we're going to like this ride. So let's go do mummy. Um, and a few other things, Men in Black, and, you know, maybe stop by Transformers on the way out. I think we just ultimately decided like we weren't, we didn't know what we were going to get and we couldn't expect it was going to be that good just because the premise, I think, surprises everyone if they actually enjoy it. Because um, you don't know what to expect with like the Jimmy Fallon ride. <laughs> so random. Right. Right. Um, and then obviously going back with Ryder, I just didn't know that he would get it. Like he doesn't know who Jimmy Fallon is. He doesn't understand what a talk show is. So to me, just, you know, using my mom brain, I was like, I don't want him to waste time on it because I don't even know if he's going to understand. So yeah, I've never ridden it. It is so great. And I think that that's like the resounding opinion among people who have been on it. It's very surprising how much fun it is. Um, so I definitely recommend going on it. I think even Ryder would enjoy it. I mean, imagine you're on a car racing through New York. Like you see all these sites that you recognize and it's Jimmy Fallon. So it's funny the whole time. I mean, even for, for kids. So I would not be surprised if Ryan and, or if Ryan enjoyed it, <laughs> if Ryder enjoyed it, I'm Ryan sure Ryan enjoys- would love it all the rides. So we're good on that front. I, it was tough for me. I was between this and Transformers. Um, 
But Transformers just doesn't move the needle for me. It's just very similar to a lot of other rides. So went with this one because it does feel a little bit different. Um, number four. Wait, wait, before you do number four, I love Transformers. And I feel like every time I go on it, I like it more and more. So I just want to make that point. Maybe you just need to go back on it. Like I liked it more like the third time that I I do like it more and more every single time you were right about that. And I think I've made, I think we made that point in a previous episode. Transformers was one of those that you had really high expectations for, and maybe it didn't meet those expectations the first time around. So you lowered your expectation bar. Now then your bar is so low going on it. It keeps getting better and better because you don't remember, Oh, well this actually isn't as bad as I told myself it was. Agreed. Number four, I don't think this will come as a surprise to anyone, but Men in Black Alien Attack. I freaking love this ride. I love a ride I can win. Anything I can win, like count me in. If it's a contest, put me up against anybody. I am so confident that I could beat anyone at this ride. And it's just the way better version of the Buzz Lightyear ride at Magic Kingdom. I like the Buzz Lightyear ride. I think it's really fun, but I am actually talented at Men in Black. Like I haven't looked up any cheats to get the extra points with the different, you know, monsters. I don't know. I just do such a good job. I just, I turn into a different creature. I turn into an alien. (laughs) Maybe that's the point. I become one. And then all of a sudden I'm just, I I beat Ryan this time. I beat Ryder, but I feel like I don't want to brag about that because he's four, but I still did really, I did better than the boys, guys. I did better than the boys. Jordan beat the four-year-old, guys. Sound the alarms. Told you I'm talented. (laughs) (laughs) I beat the four-year-old who shoots fake guns all day long. Like he's always holding a water gun. So like, look, he's got some aim. It's not like he's just a four-year-old who, you know, lounges around like a, you know, a, a potato chip. (laughs) He's not a normal four-year-old. He's a cool four-year-old. Right. Exactly. So I really love this ride. I had to put it on my list. It's always on my list. Uh, Just the interactivity of it all. And then like bragging rights, nothing's better. So go on this ride early. So you get the entire day to brag to your family or your friends or your husband that you kicked their butt at Men in Black. Yes. Will Smith in Men in Black is the only Will Smith that I like. That's all I'm going to say. Sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. Don't care. (laughs) We're really hating the celebrities this this episode. You don't like Fresh Prince? No, I mean, I'm saying up until Men in Black and then everything after Men in Black for the most part, done. You know, maybe like Hitch. Hitch. Maybe Hitch. That's what I just said. (laughs) That's the only other one, guys. I'm telling you. I am legend. I just think he started going downhill. Like he started taking a tumble. You know that movie, Scarlet Took a Tumble? Scarlet Took a Tumble. <laughs> Will Took a Tumble, guys. He's down on the ground. It doesn't have the same rhyme to, ring to it as Scarlet Took a Tumble. Like <laughs> it, it does. William Took a Tumble. It's guys, if you have not seen Scarlet Took, t- Scarlet Takes a Tumble, YouTube it. Just please, just please do YouTube it now. It. We're not going to say anything else. Just do it. Um, All right. Number three. And the top three were really, really hard for me to put in in order, but I just had to go with my heart. So at number three, we've got the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. 
I am a sucker for a really good roller coaster. I love it. Um, also, the best part of this roller coaster is the interactivity. You pick your song, you get to ride the entire time with the speakers in the headset blasting this song the whole way. And not only do you get to pick between like the 15 songs that are actually like listed on the device, there's a secret playlist. So you you can Google it. There's a code. We had it on our website. We don't have that website anymore. So I can re-add it if you guys are interested in that. But you type in a code once you sit down in your seat and the secret playlist will populate. And you can listen to one of like 101 or 131 songs that aren't listed on this device. It's the coolest feature ever. I love an Easter egg. Every single time though, even though there is a secret playlist with all these amazing songs, I pick Rockstar by NERD every single time. It's just the ultimate experience. That 90 degree climb is insane. Jordan, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear what you have to no, say about this. No, why I'm, why I'm smiling is because when you said Rockstar, I imme- immediately started thinking about the, the Nickelback song and I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> Listen, I loved, okay. I loved how you remind me. That was a classic and a jam and one of the best Agreed. songs of my childhood. Everything Agreed. else, not so much. I totally agree with you. And I thought that was Creed though. No, no. Is no, it? No, baby. No. How You Remind Me was Nickelback. If you want to look it up, feel free. I do. Wait, now I'm so... I feel bad for always. Bashing right, what are you them. gonna? What are you gonna give me? Okay, shoot, it was Nickelback. <laughs> Sorry, when you the- asked too late. You asked too late. Sorry. Ooh. Okay, so um, I will say, what if? What if? Would you still like the roller coaster as much if they only had Nickelback songs minus "How You Remind Me"? Yes, maybe not as much, <laughs> but it would still be my number three. It would just not. It wouldn't have been so difficult to put that at number three as opposed to number two. Okay. I am going to respectfully disagree, which is why I love this podcast, because we can disagree and still care about each other. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if life was like that? It would. It would be really cool. (laughs) Um, So... I think Hulk is the better guys, roller coaster. Guys, I just need to, I need to cut in in case you didn't pick up on the sarcasm. We're joking. Life is like that. You can disagree with people and still right. love them. Yeah. Continue. It's not, it's literally so easy. It's just, not that serious. It's <laughs> not even that hard. Okay. <laughs> I think that Hulk is the better roller coaster. Like I, yeah, I know how Sorry, you feel I'm about bomb. it. I know how you feel about it. Look. It's definitely the better roller coaster. And it's not like the best roller coaster, but it's better than Rip Ride Rocket. Here's why Rip Never. Ride Rocket gives you a migraine. No, Hulk gives you a migraine. Hulk but, gives you a migraine, Jordan. Okay, let me. Rip Ride Rocket is smooth and easy, and it does not give you a migraine. My, Hulk gives you a migraine. Why are you lying? I'm not lying. My head ping pongs. You, you don't gotta lie to kick it. Listen. I, I'm not lying to kick it more. If you're scared, if you're scared, just say that. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, I'm not lying to kick it. My head is a ping pong ball when I'm on that ride. It just goes like this in between the headrests and it bongs, bongs, bongs. 
That's what mine does on Hulk. Why are, why is this happening? We are the same. We're built the same way. We have the same size body, same size head. I know what it is. I know what it is. My head's longer and your head's heart shaped. Okay. That doesn't make any sense though. It just mine still bing bongs on the Hulk. Okay. (laughs) I understand, but it's just like a different seat is making a different type of head bing bong. Okay. Long heads go on Hulk, heart heads go on Rip Ride Rocket. Just take our word for it. <laughs> it sounded like you called it a hard head. You are kind of hard headed a little bit. Long heads versus hard heads. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, you know what? That's the, that's the dueling roller coaster in Epic Universe. That's what it's called. Long heads versus, Long heads hard, versus heads. hard heads. Listen, yes. they should have a, like a little picture next to the height requirement like of a long head or a hard head. <laughs> What would a hard head look like? A heart, but you just call it hard. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. Okay. So we're both on the same page. Yes. Same page. All right. Number two will come as no surprise to anybody who's listened to this podcast. It's the revenge of the mummy. Listen, I love a dark ride indoor roller coaster. I love it. This ride is criminally underrated criminally like it is a crime how underrated this ride is the queue is awesome it gets you in the perfect mood all of like the little movie set uh props that are like throughout the queue um sometimes the cast members will like be in there scaring people but it's not like so scary that your kid's gonna run away screaming it's just like the perfect amount of a little bit of thrill as you're going through the queue the actual track the ride itself are roller coaster perfection it's so much fun it's so enjoyable the weight is never bad and we love Brennan Fraser. Like we love, we love, we live for Brennan Fraser. So I, I mean, there's not one thing wrong with this ride. I was on his team when everyone else doubted him. When Maddie and Peyton used to make so much fun of him at the end of that ride, I would turn around and I would say, "You shut your mouth right now, or I'll throw you off this roller coaster." <laughs> you should have, honestly. Honestly, I should have. But here's the thing. I agree with you on most of the points, like almost all of them. I absolutely love this roller coaster. I love that. The only thing I will say about the queue is like, sometimes it's kind of hard to see in there. I've definitely almost tripped multiple times. Yeah, which, it's definitely dark, but that's the point. It's a dark ride. I get it. I'm just so. saying, you know, if you weren't as graceful as me, like I could see you taking a tar- Scarlet taking a little tumble in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... That being said, this ride used to be underrated, I feel like. Now everyone knows about it and everyone's obsessed with it and the line is super long. So I kind of miss the days when it was underrated. Now I feel like everyone's figured it out and they all rush to the mummy. And now all of a sudden I have to wait. And it will not really because I buy the express pass because I'm a snob and I'm going to go broke just, you know, trying to ride a ride that I want to ride. Um, but if I didn't, you know, stay at a universal resort or didn't buy the express pass, I would have to wait all of a sudden like an hour to ride this ride when back in the day we could get in in like 15 minutes. Do you remember the trips that we would go on where we would get off the mummy and then get right back on the mummy and then get off the mummy and then get right back on the mummy? I mean, those were the days. Is this our fault? Like, have we hyped this ride up so much that the entire world now knows that the mummy is the best ride? It is definitely our fault. They, I mean, Brendan Fraser has named both of his cats after us. 
because of how <laughs> popular we've made this ride. I'm so mad that a cat is named after me. <laughs> um, okay. We are at ride numero uno, the big kahuna, the best ride at Universal Studios, and it is no contest. It is Harry Potter and the Escape from Gringotts. I love that ride so much. No one is surprised. Cue the non-surprise. Listen, I told you, I love a dark ride indoor roller coaster. Like I said, it is, there is one constant here and it's a dark ride indoor roller coaster. Every single time they will win. Every single time. What can I say? Like I'm, I'm a Harry Potter head. It's the queue, the animatronics, the interactivity of like the underground portion of the bank, the holographic presentations, like everything is perfection. It's not just the ride. It's the entire experience from beginning to end. The indoor roller coaster, like the, the heat that comes off the fire from the dragon. I mean, it's, it's everything. It is incredible. I agree fully. I think it was so cool that Ryder got a ride at this last time. He was like barely 42 inches. Um, the best part is when that that dragon like makes the pathway for you. Yes, it, with his tail. Or no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like op- swings you it like open with his tail. You like up the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like Hermione, maybe Hermione does like a magic thing and opens the pathway and then the roller coaster starts we standing up like this. You're chained to the dragon. Yes. Remember? Yes. And, and then the dragon goes in. through yeah. the thing. Oh my God. Phenomenal. So Just the thought behind this ride. I mean, everything is perfect. When you see Bellatrix, it's just like you want to pee your pants. Exactly. But I bet people have. And then you're sitting 100%. in someone else's pee at the next ride. Then and have- it's okay because it's the best ride ever. You have cake in your pants. You have lemon loaf. Guys, cake Listen. in your pants. One of the best things. Was that on The Mummy? No, that was this ride. Okay, I thought so. One of the best things that ever happened on this ride that didn't actually happen in the ride. It happened in the waiting room, like the family swap room. So I'll just tell you a short story. Like I said, we have lots of stories for you guys. So we were at Universal. It was Jordan, her husband, Ryan, her son, Ryder, my mother, me, and our very, very good friend that I went to high school with, Ben Smith. Ben Smith, ben. by the way, plays uh, – he used to play Prince Charming at Disney World. And then he played Prince Charming at Tokyo Disney as well as Hercules. He started off as goofy and then they realized you're not – we shouldn't hide that face behind a mask. Like let's – Don't, let's don't say that. He, Morgan, he already lives on a different planet, Morg. He, don't he say has that. His, he has his Prince Charming signature tattooed on his butt. I'm aware that he lives on another planet. Anyway, Ben was with <laughs> us. Ryan and I are waiting in the family swap room for Jordan and my mom and Ben to get off of this ride. And then Ryan and I were going to go on it. We get up to swap <laughs> Ryder. <laughs> It's so it's so much better if you know Ryan too. Like just the look on his face. I can't more. So we get up to swap and I can't say it. Okay, okay, I'm gonna say it. We walk in the room to swap 
And my husband's holding Ryder with this look of panic on his face. And he says, I think he's got cake in his pants. And I said, babe, what do you mean? He goes, you know, the Starbucks lemon loaf. I think he's got cake in his pants. Ryder (laughs) had, we had gotten these cheap diapers because I didn't pack enough. And we got these cheap diapers at like a CVS. And one had just like exploded. And it was the inside of the diaper that was like pouring out of his pants. And Ryan (laughs) thought, because I always gave Ryder lemon loaf cake, that I had somehow given him a lemon loaf cake. And it was coming out of his pants. (laughs) He put it in his pants and then it was falling out of his pants. But really, he just he just peed so much in his diaper that it fell apart. And the stuff that absorbs the liquid was falling out of his pants. And Ryan thought it was cake. I'm crying. I have tears falling down my cheeks it's right now. So stupid. Like, oh, it's the best. It's the best memory I have at Universal Studios. And that's that, a lot. The fact Ryan like did not know what to do and he was so embarrassed someone was going to see all this cake coming out of his baby's like pants. And the thing was, we changed him so much that trip. Those diapers were just so freaking cheap. And it fell on the floor and Ryan was like, I can't pick all this up. I can't stop. I'm crying. I'm crying too. Oh my gosh. Guys, if that's not the best way to end an episode, I don't know what is. But that's all we have for you today. And that is actually why Green Gods got the number one spot because of the cake diaper fiasco. Lesson learned. Never send your kid to Disney World in cheap diapers. Yeah. go Like we said, go broke, then go home. And that includes buying the most expensive diapers so your kid doesn't pea cake all over the floor of Gringotts. If you were one of the people who happened to be in that waiting room with us, let us know. Send us a message. Tell us what you thought. Was it the best experience (laughs) of your life too? Because if so, same. Um, Guys, that being said, Jordan, tell them what they can do after being told that remarkable story. Because what what else would they do after that? Drop us a five-star review and include what your favorite cake in your diaper story is. We know you all have one. Share it. Let us know. Do you like the lemon loaf from Starbucks? Because same. Um, Do not forget to subscribe, guys, wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single one of these cake diaper stories. Follow us on Instagram, hit up the brand new parksnobs.com. And like Jordan said, hit us with that five-star review. Um, We appreciate it so much and we love hearing from you guys. So reach out if you feel so inclined and we will see you again next week for another episode of Park Snobs. Thank you.